Tony Ice is one of the biggest movie lovers I've ever met, and also one of the funniest. We wanted to get together and discuss one of the greatest action stars to ever live, Kurt Russell. We focused on Big Trouble in Little China, where he plays a salt-of-the-earth trucker, Jack Burton, who gets mixed up into ninjas and ancient Chinese wizardry. We also discussed Kurt's other collaborations with John Carpenter, as well as Overboard and future romantic comedy episodes. Here's, here's the one thing I wanted to say, right? I wanted to jump right in. Because we've never done this, right? It is a huge difference between sitting across from you and now we're so far away. So this is a, a brand new experience and it feels weirder. You would think it would be easier, but actually it feels weirder. Right. I think the last time we did it, there was like a, a canister of coleslaw or something in between us from at the sandwich shop. Do you remember what that was? And like a, and a, a dimly lit candle. It was a very intimate <laughs> podcast recording. <laughs> here's, here's the other thing I wanted to tell. Um, I wanted to mention to you. I uh, noticed in your Instagram and also right now you're you're wearing a lot of uh, sleeveless uh, tank tops. God, I'm so into tank tops right now. This is the summer of the tank top for me. Yeah, you are. This is uh, Orange Theory Fitness, <laughs> Matt, Tank Top City. I noticed it. Listen, sometimes when you work out six days a week, your shirts, they can't get washed anymore. There's just like a smell that gets baked into those <laughs> shirts. So you're like, I can't wear shirts with sleeves anymore. I just kind of have to upgrade. I don't know. There's some kind of secret. You put like iodine in a shirt when you're washing it. I don't know. Man, it was trying to tell me some kind of secret to wash a shirt. Yeah. It's it's like, um, I, I've also read like vinegar. You can also. Vin um, yeah, vinegar. Like vinegar will kind of like, yeah. But that I can't seems dangerous that. to me. That seems like um, you're asking for trouble. Yeah. I, I don't know. How I'm not works. even sure you're supposed to put vinegar in a, in a, in a washer. I think it destroys the washer if you do that. It, exactly. In anything. Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. I, I had. I took a few notes, right? Um, mm -hmm. But basically, the reality is American icon. Can we agree on that? <laughs> Absolutely. People don't give him the credit he deserves in 2018. I agree. I think I think what happened. So I've been I've been overthinking this as yeah. usual. Uh, I think he was overshadowed by obviously like um a few actors who kind of around the same time and i don't mean you know a movie that you and i both both love and adore tango and cash mm. so i don't mean like sly stallone i'm talking about like uh mel gibson right so similar yeah. character similar kind of actor um and also for a moment in time right when i think when kurt russell was at his peak um I think also he was competing with Dennis Quaid, right? <laughs> and also, weirdly enough, uh, Michael Douglas. Dennis Quaid doesn't feel like he needs to be in that. Like, what is what is Dennis Quaid doing where he needs to be in that conversation at this moment? Like, <laughs> the, the sands of time has have, but, have gone poorly for Dennis Quaid. I'm telling you, they were. I bet you they were auditioning for a lot of the same roles. I, I bet you, if we looked it up, even though I'm sitting in front of a computer, um, <laughs> you could. He probably auditioned for like Escape from New York or or something like that. Right. Like all the movies yeah. that Kurt Russell got. I bet you, like Overboard. Right. You don't think Kurt uh, Dennis Quaid like auditioned for Overboard? I could totally see him in that. But now he's been like 
typecast into playing like football coaches. He wanted overboard so badly it hurt him. <laughs> you know he did. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Derailed his career. He went and did baby blues. He's like, I can't get overboard. I'm going to go do baby blues with Kathleen Turner. <laughs> How'd that work out? How'd that work out for everyone? <laughs> <laughs> what was the Disney movie he did where he was the pitcher? Didn't he have like a Disney movie that came out a decade ago or yes. something? It's, isn't it called The Pitcher or like The Pitcher, <laughs> The Mound? Or something? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dennis Quaid. He's going to be in a Marvel movie probably in 15 years playing someone's grandfather. He's going to be making a comeback. No, totally. He, I mean, he could play. I don't know. I'm sure he's doing like. um like straight to video or um, fathers. He's playing fathers and he's almost going to like grandfather roles, right? Right. The last movie I think I I saw him in, he was in, um, I can't even remember the name of the movie, but he's in this movie where it's like a whole bunch of like famous actors and he's playing a secret service agent and the president gets uh, assassinated. They're like in Mexico or somewhere. And they keep showing the point of view from all the different actors. You know that movie? The Pitcher 2. <laughs> the Pitcher 2. Now catch it. <laughs> catch this, Mr. President. <laughs> Dennis Quaid, Michael Douglas, Mel Gibson, all these guys had a few like hit movies. And I think uh, people are not giving enough credit to Kurt Russell's uh almost pretty much flawless movie career. I mean, yeah, he may have kind of sucked as ego. Yeah, that, that movie was such a weird plot for yeah. Guardians 2. Yeah. It was like a nothing plot for a sequel to that big movie. And it had some good, it had good moments. It did. When I went back, I watched Big Trouble Little China, but I went, I think it was started because we were, I watched The Thing, and I'm not sure if that's what started this conversation about doing Kurt Russell movies. But then I went mm -hmm. back and watched Escape, Big Trouble, Overboard. And then I remembered all the other movies that came out around that era. And I was like, man, he was like this close. If he was a foot taller, he would have been it yeah. for decades. It was so fascinating looking back to see all these amazing films he was in. Yeah. And what's interesting is that, I mean, he had like a, he's been acting since like a teenager, right? He was like one of those like Disney stars before you know, that was like a huge thing the way it is now. Right. But it's the same machine where they just churned out like these teenagers. Um, so he's had a really, really long career, but some great movies. The thing is one of my favorite movies. Mm. It's this weird, like sci-fi horror movie. Right. Um, but it's amazing. It's an yeah. amazing movie. Um, and they did a remake, obviously remakes never. I have, Oh, here's a question. Have you ever seen, a remake and you're like that was really a good movie mm, i don't know i don't know the last, yeah, the, last the first thing that jumped to mind was the the robocop remake and i still haven't even watched that because i was so mm. heartbroken that it even existed that yeah so i i think i so there's this um i mean i, I love movies right um mm from pretty much every decade slash era of time, but there's something about like movies in the eighties that I adore. So you kind of gravitate toward those and 
when they do a remake, it's just never, you know, it's never the same. Or it's never as good or, you know, the actors are never as good. Like it just never, it never holds up to me, uh, in my opinion. Um, and then also I, I never see the need to do a remake, right? There's no need to remake uh, a movie like Point Break. Like it doesn't right. get better than Keanu Reeves and, and Patrick Swayze, right? So, so like, what? What's the purpose of that? It, it makes no sense. Just as an example um, of like a, a. How have they not remade a Big Trouble in Little China yet? I feel like that's like the number one movie to be remade that has not been remade. The only thing that you could improve on is the CGI, right? The the special effects. Yeah. But besides that, it it actually it works perfectly. The, the reason why I love this movie, mm-hmm. obviously, I've seen it like so many times, but it's kind of nonstop. Like they are like there's no pauses between scenes. Right. Like there's like the dialogue is is really spot on. Right. Um, there's a lot of like just like rapid fire dialogue, especially from Kurt, the Kurt Russell character. Um, and it just keeps moving like there's scene after scene of things happening and you actually have to just like pay attention or you'll miss out on something. Um and it like goes from like right from the beginning to the end. It and I read that um it didn't do that well when it first came out in the movies. But I think what happened, I think because people were just like, It's so much going on, I don't know if I like it or not. Um and I always have a I I've always had like an issue with uh, movie critics, if you're not really a fan of like certain genres, but you write a um, a review of a movie, uh, it's almost unfair, right? If that's not mm-hmm. your, if you're not into like sci-fi, but you you're one of the reviewers who reviewed Star Wars for the first time, and you're like, I don't get it. So that means that it, there's like millions of people who are trusting your review, but you don't even like the yeah. genre. I, I think I hadn't seen it in several years when I first watched it a couple weeks ago again. I, first of all, I didn't realize John Carpenter did the music for Big Trouble Little mm-hmm. John. I had no idea he was a composer. I'm an idiot. I didn't even realize that like he had done the Halloween anything. <laughs> I felt like so embarrassed yeah. for myself. But the uh, the boots that Kurt Russell wore in this movie were like he must have missed a fashion window by just by just a brief period and I can't I can't not stare at the boots that he's wearing in this movie. When he takes off his hemp hoodie, <laughs> right? For no reason. I mean, for absolutely no reason does he remove this this hemp piece of clothing. Uh but he's like showing the guns. He's wearing a tank top as you are. He's got on like the perfect fit jeans and these yeah, and those boots are amazing. His boots are amazing, and he's got a boot knife. I mean, come on. <laughs> he could put, like, a boot come body in there. The boots are so high. It looks yeah. like he just left his horse in his in his trailer that we never saw. You just never know what he was going to get into, right? <laughs> he's he's talking to no one on the CB radio, right? He's Probably just, hey, Porkchop Express, and that should be the name of this. Yeah. He's like, this is the Porkchop Express. The movie opens up, and you're like, I don't know what's happening, but I love it. I'm in. I'm in from the first line of dialogue, right? You're just like, this, I, you got me. You got me. I'm glad I paid $5 to see this movie. <laughs> it might have even been like $4. I don't even know what the movie's cost. And like, He's like the ultimate, the ultimate salt of the earth character. In like these suite of yeah. movies that I rewatched, yeah. especially Big Trouble Little China, like he is your blue collar, tr- like the signature truck, like the trucker hat outfit, blue jeans, dirty. Oh no, he! I'm telling you, American icon. Yeah. Exactly. He's driving a truck. 
He's wearing a Harley Davidson like trucker hat, mm-hmm. right? He's got like this saddle bag that he throws over his shoulder, right? And he's just carelessly <laughs> putting like cash in there. Yeah. I didn't really trust the safety lock on that <laughs> pouch bag, but that's that's just me, you know. But also what what I what I'm watching the movie and the only thing that could have made the movie better if at some point and this would really be at the end when you know him and Kim Kim Cattrall they have like a kind of a thing um and you know she's like maybe we should give it a go he's like ah everyone you know gets tired of me eventually the only thing that could have made that better if he would have said I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel, right? <laughs> that is the only thing that would have made that movie better. Um, he and, doesn't even he doesn't even get with her at the end. She they, he like literally yeah, walks exactly. away. I was so shocked. Exactly. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Aren't you going to kiss her goodbye?" No, leaves. The other thing I was so shocked at myself for not knowing when I was watching it again the second time today, I was like, "Man, who is this Gracie Law actress? She's amazing." Kim Cattrall. I looked it up and I was like, oh Kim my Cattrall, God. Right. Exactly. Like, what? How did Wait, I not know that? Hold on a second. See, I had no idea. I had young, no idea. I was like, why have I Kim not Cattrall, heard of this yeah. blonde actress since this movie? What did she do after this? Holy, <laughs> you are a nut. You're insane right now. <laughs> oh my God. Jack Burton. I, I thought the, the characters in this movie were amazing. It worked on every level because every yeah. character was so energetic. They had their own like story, personality. It was perfect. And it's not – so what I like is that you don't really – they don't feel the need to give too much backstory to all the characters, right? Because you don't know anything about Jack Bird. Um, him and, and uh, Wang, they're friends, but were they in the army together? Like it's not really yeah, you don't confirmed, know. but you you can assume that. Um the David Lopan character, uh, that actor's name is James Hong, uh, who's been like in a ton of movies, right? Legend. But I, I think one of my favorite roles, uh, he is in this episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> I don't know if you watch Seinfeld. Oh, or not. Yeah. I don't think we've ever talked about Seinfeld. Um, and they're, they went to a Chinese restaurant to eat, and it's taken like forever to get their table. And he keeps calling out names. He's like this really monotone. He's playing this really monotone character, like the maitre d' at the restaurant. And he's saying names that are similar to Seinfeld, like Steinfeld, Party of Four. And they like go up and he's like, no, 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 not you, not you. And it's like a really funny episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was great. That character is great. Um, you know, the the kind of henchmen that he had that were almost like the four horsemen of the apocalypse almost right if they had like one yeah. more guy but they have these like ridiculous over-the-top powers um but it all works like it, it nothing seems as the movie is like non-stop crazy but nothing seems like crazy where you're like this is unbelievable right because you, you're already in like you're already you're already yeah. like no i'm it, I'm it totally would be okay silly for you to say right that here. sentence because it's already so crazy and lovely like even the right. part where the 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 rival gangs were meeting in the alley, like the these this ninja clan shows up and then they start pulling out guns and they're shooting this <laughs> other ninja clan. Like at that at that moment, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm in. It doesn't make any sense that I'm in. It makes no sense at all because even even before that, right? The um, they're at the airport. The girlfriend gets kidnapped, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm not sure what's happening, but. I, I, I'm not, you know, I can't even blink because if you blink, you're missing yeah. out on something. Um, so you're just, you're just, you're along for the ride, but it's a good ride. The movie is 
like insane. I I would think you know after watching it again today, um, but I love it. Like I, I love the movie. Um, yeah, I have no complaints about it. But and that's why again, like I really, I truly think watching that movie and watching Kurt Russell's performance, you're like, could he have been a bigger star? I mean, because he is a big movie star, but could he have been like a like a like, I don't know like. Tom Cruise level or something and they should mm. they should do something together right that makes oh my me God, want man. like them to do something together Tough Gun 2 maybe Kurt Russell plays like his boss his ornery boss exactly <laughs> but I, I, it has to be an action movie I was gonna say a couple notes that I that I wrote about the cast of characters like Eddie Lee uh, just an amazing secondary mm-hmm. character and there was this one line towards the end where uh, Jack Burton's gun like jams and he eventually gets it to work and he shoots like a ninja to death. And Eddie Lee, who's yeah. like this just rando dude in his suit, he's like, is that the first time you ever plug somebody? Like, Eddie Lee, you've murdered people before? And and it's just normal to you in this situation where like that murder is normal. <laughs> no, I totally agree. And it stands out because they kind of pause because Kurt Russell's character, he kind of pauses and he's like, no, like, come on. Of course I've murdered people before. I'm a truck driver. The the also the other thing too I wrote down was the where he finally has the showdown with Lopan and he like pulls out his knife mm-hmm. and he throws it to Lopan Lopan like yes. it miss he misses Lopan it's like a weird scene Lopan like throws the girl away gets the knife he's like oh nice knife no and that's he throws the best it, scene in the movie I know he throws it back and then Kurt Russell catches it and then immediately throws it back and kills him and I was like what a strange <laughs> like a very strange sequence of events. No, totally. But it goes back to the beginning. Remember in the very beginning when he's like nothing or double, right? And he says, I can split this mm. bottle, Wang, and yeah. Kurt Russell catches it, right? Right. right where it, and he's like, it's all in the reflexes. Um, mm. So that ties back into that scene. Totally um, messed up. And it's funny because when he throws the knife the first time and it misses, right? Um, everyone kind of like the two women are just like, what the? Like Kim Cattrall, she's like, ugh. Right? You like, <laughs> loser. But not yeah, like that, yeah. not that hurtful, but she's like, come on, this is a life or death situation. And then, yeah, that scene, I still find that scene amazing to this day. Um, and then he falls like it's a thunderous fall. Right. Mm-hmm. And all the statues like domino effect around the room. They they fall down. Um, no, I love that. I love that. And then the guy goes crazy. Now, I should have done more research. Um, and even though we can do it right now, the um, his three henchmen, I don't know their names, but the yeah. one guy who expands, like he goes crazy, sees his boss or his master or whatever um, that relationship was. And he's like loses it. Right. And he starts to expand. And I, I assume that because he pulls out a knife like he pops himself i don't know i thought you know, he just like run out of the room and he like explodes yeah i didn't know if he yeah because they don't show it but I, I was assuming maybe okay so it's thunder rain and lightning that makes perfect sense <laughs> i thought the 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 lightning guy the uh a scene that totally could have failed was when him and wang were fighting in the dungeon and like their yes. air sword fight like once they started, I was like, "Oh man, this this is gonna be the lamest thing I've ever seen." And I was like, "You know, this isn't bad actually." Nineteen eighty six. This this looks good. <laughs> also, what I love about that scene: at one point, they land on the ground, and he looks at Wang, and Wang kind of does this kind of like eyebrow, like double yeah. eyebrow raise, yeah. like, "Hi, you didn't think I could do that, huh?" And and I think that also like makes the scene work. 
because he had like these special skills that you wouldn't think he, you know, he was on that level. Remember, he he drank the like eli- the super elixir <laughs> yeah. that that egg gave him. I don't know if it was just like methamphetamine <laughs> liquid liquidized <laughs> that he just gave them both, <laughs> but it didn't make, it didn't make any sense. But they became superheroes after that. Yeah, they or at least like, Wang did anyway. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. You feeling that? I'm feeling good. That's it. <laughs> yeah, because right after that, doesn't Kurt just like get knocked out because he hit he shoots like up in the air and then the the stones fall and knock him out. Everyone to like run into action. He's like, all right, let's like charge. He shoots the ceiling, gets knocked out. The movie, the movie in a nutshell, because it's it's full of like these comedic moments, but it's not really a comedy, right? And it's, it's like sci-fi martial mm-hmm. arts, but it has some like humorous moments in it. Um, and I think, I you know, obviously I haven't taken an official like um, Gallup poll, but I would assume that. 90%, 95% of only like dudes love this movie. Oh, I, yeah, for I, sure. I, I would love to even meet a woman who's like, oh, that's one of my favorite movies. Like that would be shocking to me. <laughs> but it, it's it's a really interestingly good movie. Yeah. And I, but the other thing is I always wonder like a lot of movies that I adore, right, that I'm just like head over heels over. Um, a part of that is because I've, I've seen them like when I was younger and you were like you have this kind of like time frame in your head or these memories of how much you love this movie. I don't know if I had, if I was seeing this movie for the first time, if I would love it as much as I do. Yeah. nostalgia. I think I feel like nostalgia plays like 80% into the love of this movie. If, yeah, you, if you've seen it, it before. Yeah. The sexual tension between Kim and Kurt was just like, <laughs> it was pouring off the screen and onto the floor of the room I was watching it in. I I needed to I needed to see it happen on screen. Totally agree. It's it's like insanely bizarre. The other thing that was interesting is that um there's this weird random scene where, you know, they're saving the kidnapped women mm. and everyone else is kind of just kind of chillaxing, but the Gracie Law character is like hogtied. <laughs> for no reason and like what what? that didn't make any sense why is that because she's sassy like i'm not sure why also the the, that scene starts with the with uh wang and eddie doing a ruse to get the two women soldiers like getting get after them and then it totally backfires and they get their butt whooped and and in that scene like they're kind of getting beat and then all of a sudden like the table turns like instantly and like they they overcome the women and, and they kind of move on to the next like scene like kurt russell was like climbing the cages and the other um the woman who's the reporter and she sees him she's like jack how are you gonna get us out of here and he goes i have no yeah, idea that was great like he's on top of the cage, like talking down to her. He's like, I have no idea. <laughs> and I love that. This is like pure honesty. Uh, I was like, okay, I dig it. I dig it. The movie had one of those great endings too, where it was like those 80s kind of freeze frame shock endings where like the monster that showed up out of mm-hmm. nowhere towards the th- the final act of the movie makes an appearance again, like underneath or at the back of his truck. And I was, I remember when I was a kid, when I first saw this movie, I was like, Oh, I can't wait to see what happens after this, like the next movie or whatever, which never, never right, happened. Because that's the thing, right? It's like, were they planning on doing like a sequel? Because you could have, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be as good. Cause I, I don't know if you could, could you really top that? I don't, I don't know if you could, right? 
because even the um the egg character egg shen right he's like i'm gonna take this long overdue vacation because i spent my whole life like trying to figure out how to like defeat david lopan so that's a pretty major character um I, Wang is getting married. Like, so what, what, like, how do you, do you introduce like new characters? I, I think it would have been tough to, when you said it, what would the plot be of the next one? It reminded me of how they did the sequel to escape from New York. And that one, I don't, I haven't seen escape from LA. I don't think, but that, I mean, they made it like 20 years after the first one. Awful, awful, awful movie. Not only <laughs> yeah. that, but there's, I mean, one of the worst scenes is like, he's like surf, boarding in LA in the canals, you know, those canals that they're always showing. Um, mm-hmm. And you're like, what the F is happening right now? It made no sense at all. The first movie is great because it's like this gritty New York, right? And it's this crazy, like the plane gets shot down, you know, they kidnap the president and you know, they're like, we need snake Pliskin. <laughs> and you know, and he's just like, whatever, you know, he's like, yeah. whatever, dude, I don't care. He's like, well, you're going to care. Cause we're going to, shoot you in the neck and if you don't get back to us in 24 hours like this is going to explode right so he's like oh i got to do this now and i hate you all and i'm going to come back and kill you somehow it's a great character and it's a good movie um and it should have you, you didn't need a sequel no it, it, no way it ends where it's like nope it, it works out perfectly and and that's it that's all you needed I, when uh you mentioned that movie when we first started talking about this episode, I went back to watch it for maybe the first time ever in, in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And one of my first notes was when he's going through the building, he's in the Manhattan, he's tracking the president's watch, wristwatch tracker. And he like goes mm-hmm. into this abandoned building where there's just like illegal, illicit drugs being consumed. And then he like walks past pretty much someone getting like sexually assaulted. And he, he just like looks yeah. And then he just keeps walking. I was like, what the hell? Snake? Yeah. What's it's going like, on here? No moral concern, compass. Right? I know. My God. And that's what they were trying to show, like, this character, like, like that's why he was the perfect person for this mission, right? Because he was like, nope, I'm so focused on, like, my job here and on my, just on my life, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's an interesting, Shocking. like, um, cliche that people use where the character... When you first meet the character, they don't care about anything. But by the end of the movie, you know, they show some type of compassion. Um, Mm -hmm. But you have a whole history, right? Like that character in that movie, let's just say he's, I don't know, 34 years old, right? I have no idea. Um, So you're telling me before, like for just let's just say for the past 15 years, you know, you've been in and out of prison. You've murdered numerous people. But now all of a sudden on this one particular mission, you grow a conscious like uh, yeah okay yeah it's but true. You know, that's movies and, and that's i think that's why we love movies though they probably could have replaced the sexual assault with someone just getting murdered you know make it less uh yeah shocking. no totally <laughs> or just beat up or something yeah, i think just, you know, someone just, get like just, slapped just, just random regular some dude violence slapping yeah, a just dude. regular violence yeah <laughs> right yeah just regular violence would have been slightly better. There was one scene where some guy, I think it's the the you know the dude that hired Snake to go into Manhattan. At one point, he yes. like pulls out a phone to call Snake or somebody, and it's like the biggest <laughs> yes. cell phone I've ever seen in my life. It's like he's holding up a supercomputer yes. to his ear. It was insane. Yes, no, you he instantly got cancer. Anyone who's using that phone. <laughs> 
You are dead from cancer. Uh, we need to we need to talk about the one movie I watched Overboard for the first time in history yes. recently, and yes. I was I was shocked to my core how much how much you loved the movie. I t- I tweeted about I tweeted about the plot, and I got so many replies. People saying it was like their favorite. But the plot is crazy. Uh, Salt of the Earth. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Builds closets. He's like a handyman. Yes. He's broke. He's got like eight kids. Three, three or four, like just bad boys. Just terrible kids. And he <laughs> builds this closet for yeah. this rich, just awful woman. And they have it out. He doesn't get paid. She throws his tools overboard. And she eventually, yeah. she like falls and loses. She has amnesia. His, her, her awful husband also sees on the news that this random woman has been picked up. She has no memory. Husband is like, I'm out. This is my way out. Kurt Russell sees the same thing on TV. <laughs> yeah. This handy salt of the earth handyman with his t- 20 kids. He's like, I see this as an opportunity to make some money. I can get, I can get back at this woman and say that I'm her husband, and I'm gonna take her home with me and make her work as a house mother and get my revenge until I get my money. Which like that's the most no insane sense. thing. But not only that, I can't even imagine how illegal that would be. Right? I mean, that's Absolutely. basically kidnapping. On on, that's a federal. That's a federal crime. I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> And and throughout the movie, and Goldie Hawn is is great. She's she's amazing, right? Because oh, God, she's, she's like amazing. she's doing less stuff, and she's like, I don't think I, I don't know if I'm really cut out for this. It doesn't yeah. feel right. And he's like, No, no, no. It's all it's all good. So terrible. Like watching it for the first time, 2018. I was like repulsed. I was like, I cannot believe this human being, right. Kurt Russell, is doing this to this woman. This is terrible. Are they going to have sex? Like, I, I want him in prison immediately. And what's interesting, so obviously the movie, it becomes like this cute, lovable affair, right? She yeah. tames the, the boys and actually they start to develop feelings for each other, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, and she gets her memory back and, you know, it, it goes astray, but then it all works out. You love the movie one because you know they're they're a couple in real life, so you love the movie. But then also, this goes back to what we were just talking about, where they did a remake of this movie recently. I think mm. it just came out like this year. I don't think anyone went to go see it. Nobody saw it. And I think I think the roles were reversed. I think because um, I think Anna Faris was the oh uh, yeah yeah like the Kurt Russell character. I think, um, and I don't even know who the guy was. I couldn't even tell you. Um, mm. because I'm like, you certain movies shouldn't be remade, but I, I read that it was like pretty weak. So it's the kind of thing where it's How like, even that? when it comes on like video, or, oh yeah, you, no one's going to see it. Yeah. I, how about them be still married? Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell after how many decades? Still, still together. Well, they're, they're not actually married. I think I don't think they're, actually oh, that's married. right. Yeah. They're just together. It's like common law marriage at this point, right? Technically you. They probably are married legally somewhere, but that was uh, what reminded me of thinking of Goldie Hawn. She just she looked fantastic in this movie, but the only reason yeah. that she was released into Kurt Russell's care from this hospital was because he knew that she had a birthmark on like her butt on cheek. her exactly. Yes, and that yeah. was it. They re- the doctors released her. This is the only thing that I know something really personal about my wife, and I'm going to prove it to you. Because you have to believe it. There's no internet, right? So this was fact. This was a fact. They were like, there's no other way he would know this information. So nowadays you question everything, right? Because everything is online or something like that. Um, You know, 
but if you were um that's a so i can't imagine the remake i don't i'm assuming it's in this modern day and age i couldn't even imagine how the plot points would work no in this new movie because you have to believe in the improbable and that's why the original overboard works because it's ridiculous um none of that would you know none of that works out even even the friend his friend um you know, he's like against it, but he's on board with it. And then he comes around and he's like, she's a keeper. You know, like it's like he's got mixed feelings. And then he's like, oh, you guys are made for each other. You know, it's <laughs> original original actor for that role. Dennis Quaid. You know, Dennis. Listen, let's not sugarcoat this. You know, for a fact that Dennis Quaid auditioned for that role. <laughs> and he just the problem is. So Kurt Russell even though, you know, he can play all these different type of roles, right? Um, he's in the future. He's in the past, right? He's a cowboy. He may have even played an Indian in the same movie. But Dennis Quaid is, you know, he's like this really like just straight laced kind of guy, right? That's why he's Dennis Quaid is always playing like the football coach, the dad, a military guy. That's. That's his range, right? I gotta there. look up That's Dennis Quaid's filmography to see like what his top all time movies are. The, oh gosh, Jaws three D. Jaws three in three D. I saw that in the movies. The day after tomorrow. That's probably the number one that I remember. The Rookie, that's oh, the pitching one. Yes, well, that's um, <laughs> it's not called that's the, pitcher. the pitching one, not the pitch. It's not called the, <laughs> the mound. <laughs> Oh boy, Flight of the Phoenix. I remember seeing the cover to that one. Gosh, I, I mean, the Google auto suggested posters oh. of movies that he's in had, are just not good. There's not a lot here. He was in the, oh, he was in the Parrot Trap. He did a movie about, a, it looks like maybe a dog went to heaven or he becomes a dog. <laughs> oh, Inner Space. That's a great movie. I actually love this from 87 around that. the same time. Yeah, he gets, he's like a, again, he's like playing a military guy or something. And he, uh, they shrink him down and he goes inside of uh, Martin Short's body. What's, I can only imagine the poster for that one looks like he, that's, he goes to heaven or something. Oh, that, the movie that I was trying to, I was thinking about um, was Vantage Point with all the, that's, oh, yes, uh, I remember that. Yeah. Another movie that he did in 1985, which I really liked. Uh, when I was a kid called Enemy Mine. He becomes friends with this. Well, they kind of crash on a planet with this alien and they're enemies, uh, but then they they need each other. And then I think, mm-hmm. I haven't seen this movie in like years and years, but I think the the alien is a male character, but I think he becomes mm-hmm. pregnant in the film. It's I, I don't want to misquote <laughs> the film, but I believe that happens. <laughs> I know the enemy mind people are watching and they don't want to get the script yeah. confused with anything else. Oh, he was in uh, any given Sunday, right? Yes. He's the, he's the, um, amazing the quarterback who gets replaced by, um, the younger quarterback, um, Jamie Fox. I remember I feel like that. that. That movie doesn't get enough props anymore. Any given Sunday. You know why? Because you really think about like how awful Al Pacino is <laughs> his later roles. And I think it overshadows all of the goodness of that film. He's he's co- he's coked up Al Pacino. I just watched um for the first time in a long time Heat on the uh, on the plane. I went to oh, San Francisco. Good, that movie good is movie. so amazing. Mm-hmm. And this is yeah. like Al Pacino kind of teetering on the line of 
I'm just going to do whatever the F I want with this character. And it's just, you're just going to have to deal with it. You know, who's also really good in that movie too. Val Kilmer. Oh yeah. He's fantastic because he's someone, I, I think basically he just decided one day, like he just mixed a whole bunch of pills together one day, <laughs> just on like a, a dare, like someone like dared him on the internet. And he just basically said, I'm going to throw my career away. I'm going to eat hoagies breakfast, <laughs> noon and night. I'm going to balloon up to like 300 pounds. Oh, like I'm God. this, I'm tired of being so handsome and I'm just going <laughs> to throw it all away. He's going to be in the new top gun. So uh, he's, I was just going to say that. I was just want to say he's going to be in the new top gun. <laughs> they are, you know, they're working him harder than, than Mark Hamill to get back into shape. <laughs> I feel like Mark Hamill was like barely in shape for last year. I remember reading articles where like Mark Hamill on stringent workout, but like he, Listen, I don't know. They, they were just, they just hired someone to knock sandwiches out of his hand. That was his workout. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Hamill for the past like decade and a half, Never thought he would be in front of the cameras again. He did not give an F. He was like, I am a voice actor. I am making some nice coin. George Lucas hasn't spoke to me in 20 years. I'm never going back again. They're like, we're giving a million dollars. He's like, I'm putting the sandwich down right now. As long as I can keep the Oreos. If I were if I were him and like they sold the the rights to Star Wars to, to Disney and they announced a new tr- new movies. I would have started crapping my pants. Like I have done terrible things yep. in my body last twenty years. I can't undo this right now. It's not enough time. There's, not <laughs> There's enough time. no time. That's There's why no like, time. Okay, to be completely fair and honest, clearly Alec Guinness, you know, was not in shape, but it didn't matter, right? True. Because mm-hmm. his character. His like old washed up Jedi character was more um, complex, right? He was more um, more about strategy, not about like mm. action, right? I'm assuming in his later age. So it was fine because and also we didn't know what a Jedi was. It didn't matter if he was in shape or not, right? <laughs> but with Mark Hamill, after you've seen, you know, the Star Wars the original trilogy, you, 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 you're expecting, you know, something more. That doesn't involve CGI. Um, I mean, right, he right. looks so bad they couldn't even tame his beard. Like it's like he hadn't even like brushed or combed his beard in like at least a decade. I'm sure there's like an outtake. He just pulled out a Cheeto from his beard, and he's like, "Oh, I've been looking for that." You know, it's that. There's. I would have loved to see the Return of the Jedi Luke just with like haggard beard. You know, like he could still maybe he could yeah, still do exactly. It. You know, like he could do a yeah. sidekick. You know, or a roundhouse. Oh, my God. What? He would have died. He would have died on set. He would have literally, if if they needed him to do anything and he was like, no, no, I can do it. I can totally do this stunt. He would have died on set. No question. No question about that. I mean, he may have died. Maybe that's why they wrote. Maybe that's why the movie ends that way. Because maybe he actually died on set and they haven't told us yet. And all those like awesome tweets that he sends out, it's not even him. It's just a bot. He's not even he's not even really tweeting anymore. I can't remember who reminded me 
um, someone in, we like our, our group of friends use Slack to just goof around during the day and chat about yeah. stuff. And somebody reminded me that you suggested we do rom-com movie reviews on the podcast oh we at some we point. have to we really we need to pick we need to um both like send uh each other a list and narrow it down to like a handful of of mm-hmm. well, here here's the thing you know how i feel about rom-coms do you actually have any favorite rom-coms i can't even name a rom-com off the that's, top I'm of my head take that to as be a honest. No. yeah see that's it <laughs> that's not good that's not good Okay, let's be completely honest. Let's complete honesty. You have to embrace your feminine side to really, really love a rom com. I love crying at movies. I men. cry at movies all the time. Yeah, I wept. I just wept alone before we even recorded this podcast in the, in the corner of my house, just, <laughs> just openly. Just wept. because, because you you spilled something on your tank on your on your sleeveless <laughs> tank, and you were just like, I can't take it. <laughs> Why? Why? Top three rom-coms. What is it? I, I can't do top three, but I will tell you, I love my favorite uh, Love Actually, right? I, I love that movie. Um, it's an ensemble piece. It's it's hokey. Sorry, there's like, I have the window open and there's like a, there's a lot of noise in the background. So sorry. Um, love Actually, I really love. So Hugh Grant, I, I'm a... I'm not a fan of Hugh Grant, but I'm a fan of Hugh Grant's rom-com run of movies. Hmm. So, um, love actually he's in that and he's, he plays this, uh, this character that's pretty good, but all the characters in the movie are pretty good. Um, Notting Hill. Do you know that movie? The only Hugh Grant movie I've seen, I think is about a boy and Paddington too. About a boy is a really good movie. Wait, Patty? Yeah, I love okay, about a okay. boy. I see why you saw that. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, I got it. No, about a boy is a really good movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then also, I also go back and forth. I don't really. I would never say that Jerry Maguire is a rom com, but it is. Oh, um, gosh. so I, I kind of, I would put Unreal that in my list film. as well. I love that movie. I love. That. I mean, we don't need to always talk about how much we adore tom cruise but um (laughs) let's talk about this okay two things really quickly one yeah i don't think i've ever been as okay let me backtrack for two seconds and then come back (laughs) to my point i think in the history of my movie watching lifespan i've been excited about and I've been burned once, but I've about trailers, movie trailers, the prequel trilogy of Star Wars, um, mm. the one with uh, when that first came out, I was like super, super excited about that. Right. And then I had that same feeling when they now did the new uh, it's not a trilogy yet, but the new Star Wars now um, seeing that trailer, you know, you know, Finn pops up. The music comes on and you're like, oh, boy, you get that like super excited feeling. Um, and then with the new Mission Impossible trailer, watch that over and over again. Every time oh my God. I watch that, I get pumped. I get so <sighs> amped up. Like, I can't wait to see that movie. I cannot wait to see that movie. I don't I, understand. I can't believe I, I can't mean, believe how it looks, how good that first trailer was with that music, like the nightclub yeah, scene. That first trailer is, I was it's like, one is of the this gonna best be the trailer, best yeah. ones? 
it's like I mean he's so good with these Mission Impossible movies but if this is the best like yeah. this is legendary stuff we're legendary status if this is the best of the series so every time I I've seen that trailer I get like super super excited so I'm I'm really excited about that so we'll have to talk about that um, mix that in with some rom-coms but also um, did you see uh, Solo a hand, sto- a hand Solo story I did I thought it was fun I saw it with James it was good it was surprisingly mm-hmm. good. I went in having like low expectations, but they did a really good job with the movie. Um, and I think somewhere it went wrong uh, where people were just not happy or disappointed. But it's just a, you know, it. they did a good job with the material. I thought all the characters were well done and pretty well fleshed out. What was the, um, what's the guy's name? who plays the Vision in the Avengers movie. I can't think of his real, the actor's name. I thought the characters, and he especially, were some of the most well-dressed Star Wars characters in any Star Wars film. Like, whoever was the fashion designer, costume designer, deserves an award. I totally agree, because, you know, what's funny, and this is a huge tangent, usually, like, going back to Luke Skywalker, everyone is just dressed in, like, beige and brown, right? These robes, Mm. right? It's just, like, this weird... Um, kind of divide of, I guess, regular people who kind of are dressed in brown and, and beige tones. Um, yeah. And then like the ultra wealthy who actually have color on their uh, uniforms or costumes or everyday clothing. Um, and I think that's a purposeful thing where they make that distinction in the Star Wars universe. Um, but I totally agree that in this, it, it's almost like that movie it was almost like it was outside of the Star Wars universe mm. because of everything that was happening. Um, you know, yeah. it wasn't. And I liked I it. I they did go to that one planet. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was well done. I was surprised. Did you see the new Jurassic World? I did see it. I thought it was better than the first one, but I, I still didn't, like, love it. Okay. Like, I saw, I, I, I really hate Jurassic World. I think Jurassic World is, like, to, is total mm-hmm. trash. Um, let's see. So I saw Incredibles too, and I thought it was, I was kind of bored, honestly, through it. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like the plot Mm -hmm. was kind of predictable, kind of just like super drab. Um, saw Solo. I saw Deadpool 2, Infinity War, Rampage. Wait, you, you paid to see Rampage? Well, sort of. I, James wanted to see it, but we have MoviePass, so it's like pseudo payment. It was whatever. The Rock just I I I so I think we talked about The Rock the last time. I get so annoyed by The Rock. What was your emotion leaving that movie? I want The Rock to have like a really great action movie, and I don't know if I'm ever going to get it. It's not happening. You see that new movie? Uh, uh, I believe it's called Skyscraper. I feel like every movie he's in is like a variation of Skyscraper. Yeah, you know, it's all the same thing. Yeah, I mean, he just did that movie, San Andreas, right? It's the same movie, and it I might be the same the director, plot, right? He's a um. He's ex-military. Uh, he's like a... I, I don't know if... I don't want to... I mean, Even though, again, I could look it up. I think he's like an architect, but he's not an architect. But he somehow... He has some type of job where he's like a building inspector, but it's not as simple as being a building inspector. So he's... They're in Hong Kong, and he's doing his job. And then apparently, like, these people are at the same building he's at at the same time. 
the building's on fire. They kidnap his family, and he has like, what, what, what's happening? What? None of this makes sense. And then they took it up another notch, and they're like, you know what would make this character better if he had a fake leg? <laughs> because, because you know, the writer, someone had to write that, right? You've got the basic mm-hmm. like outline of what the story is, and I don't know why someone thought this should be made, but then it's like, no, let's let's change it up a bit. Because everyone knows, like, The Rock, he works out all the time. How can we humble him, right? Remove a leg. I think The Rock is, like, so fake now that I envisioned The Rock yeah. in a meeting with his team. He likes talking about his production company. I just yeah. get so annoyed with. But, like, they're yeah. all talking. They're all talking about how he can be missing a leg. And light bulbs go off in his team. We're like, oh, God, this is going to be great. We can work with veteran, disabled veterans to help promote this movie. Yep. You can do your little Instagram mm-hmm. videos with people that are like disabled but work out because they're inspired by you. Then we'll also have your brand of headphones coming out around the same time. It just grosses me out. Like everything about him grosses me out. And yeah, I no, love you're The right. Rock growing up. No, I totally, I see what you mean because it, it, it's just, it's all connected, but it's just for business purposes. So then yeah. you kind of question if, if it's really like, is it sincere? Like, is it still sincere or is it just so that you can tie into something else? Another movie I watched for the first time in a while was Universal Soldier, which is just awful. Like, I was just mortified how much I hated that movie watching it. Like, I wanted to not finish it. Just terrible. Van Damme has never done a good movie. Let's be clear. <laughs> Let's be clear. I think you're, I mean, I think you're right. Never I don't see any argument. done a good movie. Never. Now, now really quickly, because... I just want to make sure I have the the right the name of this movie the right name. Uh, so he he was in this movie with Dennis Rodman. Oh, uh, double team. Wasn't where it? for some strange reason all of um, Van Damme's movies they're always in Asia, right? Those are the only Which people that'll just, fund his movies. I think. <laughs> yeah, this is like that's that's just kind of weird. Um, I don't think he's ever done a movie in, in America. Uh, I don't know. Maybe like <laughs> Universal Soldier. Maybe that is actually. Uh, maybe they are in this country, but I don't think so. I was looking at the the box that I had for uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Look at that. And I guess like one of the um, like one of the taglines was "High Adventure in an Underground Kingdom." That's not what this movie's about at all. And that's frightening to me, right? Because that's how you, you, that's you're terrible. Like, you, you're, you're selling it all wrong. I don't know. I don't know. That was Tony Ice, your favorite movie reviewer, appearing once more on Link in Bio in this special out-of-season episode. We talked a bit more about romantic comedies that night, and if you have any suggestions on which we should watch, please let us know. And you can find Tony at DavisAllDay on Twitter. Don't forget, it can get cold while that air conditioner is blasting, so be sure to order a new blanket from HalfDoubleDesign.com, the show sponsor. Goodbye. Goodbye.